Welcome back to the Make Life Work podcast with me, Cy Jobling. On this podcast, we talk to people from around tech about how they find a balance between work, life and any side projects to share the stories, challenges and life hacks so others can learn themselves. This time round, I've joined forces with two previous guests of the podcast, Sam Hardacre and Mike Street, to ask each other questions about our side projects and invite along other members of our on-the-side Slack community to share their stories. We'll also be answering questions from our listener community that we'll be getting from around the socials. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, welcome to the Make Life Work podcast. I'm Cy Jobling, Delivery Lead. Hi, I'm Sam Hardacre. I'm a designer from Halifax. And I'm Mike Street, lead developer from Brighton. Amazing. That's our new format and new intro that we're going to try and get into a better habit of because uh, we're still trying to find our feet with this new format. Great to see you guys. How have things been? Sam, things all right? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, I'm, I'm quite happy about the uh, the the proposed announcements for lockdown easing, um, particularly around homeschooling because it's uh, it's a bit of a challenge, I've, I've got to say. So I think, uh, I think our, our son is desperate to go back to school and be with his friends so and i don't blame him being stuck in the house with adults all day it's a bit boring so um yeah yeah doing fine how about you mike yeah i'm, I'm all right the, the the lockdown announcements always tend to pass me by because i feel like i've been in lockdown since last march because i've just worked from home um whereas my wife being a teacher has gone back to school a couple of times so uh for her it was she was quite excited about it but for me i'm just waiting until someone tells me I can go to the park and drink a beer with someone. Um, so until then, I will be in my garden office, uh, staying away from everyone. <laughs> Except virtually, of course. Except virtually, of course. Sorry? Yeah, similar to you, Mike. It's like my wife's a teacher as well. Uh, the kids are desperate to get back to school to an extent. And nothing will change for me because I'm going to carry on working from my home office and interacting with people like you over video calls. But uh, I think it's, it's promising. I, I, I tweeted earlier about this roadmap they've put down. It's not a roadmap because you've got dates against it. Roadmaps never go on time. Come on, let's be realistic here. <laughs> but it's, it's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I, I can see what we're getting, what we're getting at, and it's, it's nice to know that there's a plan to an extent. Yeah, I think it's a bit optimistic, to be quite honest. Just a bit. And I'm yeah. very nervous about this, you know, the first wave of schools opening, what's it going to do to kids and the parents and the grandparents? It's going to be a bit of a weird... Let's just suck it in and see and go go from the, you know, yeah, the first steps. Yeah. I, had, I had lots of excited friends chatting on WhatsApp last night talking about, uh, you know, oh, maybe we can go on holiday and things. And I was just like, mm, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's a bit optimistic. Uh, so we'll take it with a pinch of salt. But hopefully by summer, we might be able to actually go to a pub and, you know, see friends again. So that'd be quite nice. Yep. Drive to the beach would be nice just to get out and do something different. Can't wait. Yeah. You should move to the coast. Then you don't have to drive to the beach. You can just walk. Oh, yeah. Bragging. Oh, what a humble brag, dude. Although on the south coast, we don't have real beaches. Well, the south coast has beaches, but uh, Sussex doesn't have real beaches. It's just stones. You can do the skimming trick, right? Yeah, better than nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> and living bang in the middle of the England where I've got no access to beaches for at least 125 miles, I'm very jealous. <laughs> nice one um so icebreaker alert what we've been learning this week mike do you want to go first uh yes i have learned that you don't always have to work on your side projects if you don't feel like it uh i've also learned that giving sci access to your side project creates a lot of noise and 
makes you find lots of bugs. The side project I've been working on, the RSS side project, um, I kind of wrote a little blog post about it yesterday, which will be a week ago when this gets released. Um, and I'm sure it will go in the show notes. And it's just sort of uh, inviting people to just sign up and have a little play. Um, Sai was one of the first people to do that. And uh, within minutes, he was asking me, how do I, how does he let me know of any any bugs he's found and he found a bug which me fixing that one bug caused me to find several more bugs that uh, I wild away my evening last night fixing bugs which is a good thing I suppose um, so yeah if anyone wants to sort of sign up and have a play around there's a lot of features missing like you can't reset your password uh, at the moment or you can't change your password at the moment but um, if you want to just read some RSS then feel free to sign up um, and yeah, at the end of last week, I put down my computer and picked up my PlayStation controller and just um, drove around and killed some bad guys in the gaming world um, to, because I just didn't have the focus or motivation to, to work on my side project. Yeah, apologies for all the feedback, but uh, <laughs> hey, you know, you open it up to someone who's very vocal, as you know. More than welcome. I love it. And I love what you're trying to do with it. And I'm, I'm quite willing to keep you sending you feedback as it comes in. <laughs> Carry on. I've got that limited email address that I can use. Oh, yes. The secret, the secret address. Yeah. <laughs> we won't put that in the show just yet. <laughs> Sam, what have you been learning? It's a good question. <laughs> um, to be honest, I think not so much learning this week. It's more just con confirming that my lesson from last week is actually working. So uh, if people didn't listen last week. Rewind. Listen again. Well, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, my lesson last week was to... Um, actually break down what's left to do on my project into into smaller and smaller tasks just so I can get a better view of how much I've got left to do and be a bit more sort of um, structured about the way I approach it. And that's, that's working pretty well at the minute. Um, I've still got some pretty big tasks encompassed into one single task. So I'm working on one that's been going on for a couple of days now and I still haven't ticked it off. So it doesn't feel like I'm making much progress, but I am, I am. I guess... One thing that I, I, I suppose I've learned this week is just some time to just chill out. I had Friday off because it was half term last week. So I spent the morning playing Mario Kart uh, with my son, which was really good. And then the afternoon he, he went out. Yeah, I, I got the afternoon to myself. So I just sat and caught up on watching Westworld, which was really good. So I just sort of chilled out a little bit. So a bit of downtime, I suppose that's a good lesson. Was that uh, Westworld Series 3, the latest one? Well, no, I'm catching up. So I, uh, I finished uh, season one and I've, I'm have i on episode two of season two, I think. What We finished series three last night or the night before. Um, and the one thing I would recommend for, for watching Westworld is there's a website called, I think it's Vulture. Again, link will be in the show notes. Um, and they do really nice, friendly write-ups of each Westworld episode. And um, it's not necessarily like... Uh, really in-depth analysis it just kind of cements the ideas and the thoughts that have happened in the episode in your mind and like poses a couple of questions that make you go oh yeah actually i didn't think about that because westworld at times gets really like heavy and confusing yeah. and stuff and this yeah <laughs> this they're really good at sort of just uh explaining in layman's terms what happens and it just helps you understand the storyline a bit more so Especially yeah. with series three, I got into the habit of the moment the episode finished, 
pick up my phone, find that, find their write up of that episode, read it and go, ah, yes, it was that. Or, oh, no, I got that wrong kind of thing. So, yeah, without giving any spoils away, I did, I did get to the end of season one, sort of thinking, well, I enjoyed that. Do I understand what went on? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of long, there's lots of um, sort of uh, Nolan style non-linear storytelling going on. And you, de- it's definitely not a, it's definitely not a dual screen kind of TV program. It has to have 113 percent of your attention. Yeah, uh, definitely. otherwise it's <laughs> you're gonna, you're going to be sort of rewatching episodes. Absolutely. What about you, Sai? What have you learned this week? Well, like, like you, there's not been a huge amount of development. Last week, I, I was off with the kids as well for a few days, and I watched too much TV. So what I am doing at the moment is recording a time journal of how, what, how much time I spend on doing things. Um, it's not like ridiculous detail, but every half hour or so is a unit, as, a, as in like a Pomodoro, and I will literally record it as TV, family, chores work so that's one thing i've been trying to learn about but the big learning for me this week really was that so-called contentious sensationalist headlines actually do get results on twitter which is quite nice <laughs> you know um we named last week's jo- uh, episode title um should side projects be a job requirement and the amount of reactions just saying no and i was like that's not kind of where we're going with this but i'm glad you're re- responding and it's it's good that it's Created a debate, but um, there was, it was a very one-sided debate. And I thought, <laughs> can you listen to the episode just to know where we're going with this? <laughs> but it, it worked. You know, it got engagement. I'm quite quite happy with that. Clickbait for the win. It was a little bit clickbaity, but hey, <laughs> at least we know it worked. And what, we've got to be careful that we don't push a fine line too far. We become yeah. the Daily Mail. We've got that in our pockets for uh, for if if the listenership goes down. Yeah. <laughs> Pick out another sensationalist headline that we can just get out there. <laughs> I can think of a few. I can think. I'm of sure one. we can, we joked about a few <laughs> in our Slack channel, didn't we? Earlier? I'm not going to go down that route, but it was it was it was good. It was it was insightful to see what works because I think having done this for so many years now, you, you, you struggle to get engagement on social sometimes. At least I know that kind of angle works. Just posing mm. a question and then getting a response from it that way. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, my learns for the week. I guess it's time to go into the questions. So who wants to take the first one? Is it me or was it one of you guys? Uh, I think I'll, I'll take this first question if you want. Um, so it. the question was, um, do you solo side projects or do you prefer to work with friends or others? Uh, how about you, Mike? I, from memory, I've never worked on a side project with anyone else. Um, and I think that, except obviously this, of course. Sorry. Um, I think <laughs> that is mainly um because of the cheekiness of it and it's like if it's your side project you feel well i feel like really cheeky saying oh do you want to work on this for free you won't get any money it's going to waste loads of your time it's going to make you really annoyed when you can't solve a problem but hey it'll be fun um and it's yeah i've never sort of found anyone to to do that with obviously following on from one of my comments last week was that if if there was a designer that wanted to work on side projects then I'd be I'd be biting their arm off, but um, and I suppose the other thing I I tend to use my side projects as uh, as exploration for different technologies and working in different methodologies and all of that, and so um, having no one relying on you sort of gives you an extra little bit of freedom to go. Oh, I might try this tech stack, or I might try this process, or um, oh, I don't get to do X coding in my day job. Let's build a side project that involves that. So. I think uh, generally the answer is no, 
um obviously with like future side projects it might actually be something that i look at because i've not really started a big side project since being part of the on the side slack community and stuff like that so there might be actually resources there that people you know that i could tap into to sound all businessy um and certainly with this rss i feel like i'm just banging on about my rss side project uh, but with that there's sort of scope for people to get involved with their on their own time with their own processes because it's built in a very modular way so all the data is on a sort of a back-end API. So if someone wants to make a front-end app for it, they can go ahead without having to be reliant on me or my time, except if they're like, oh, if the API could do this, that would be great. But on the whole of it, the fact that I've built a, a front-end app already, I know that the API is pretty solid, but because it was me using it, I knew all the answers and bent it to my will kind of thing. So um, yeah, if someone else wanted to build a, a front-end app for that that would be great kind of a hashtag whatever it is self-promoting um so to answer your question <laughs> i i ride solo with my side projects Sai, what about you do you uh drag other people into your side projects kicking and screaming normally yeah <laughs> um it's a funny one though because i think you make a good point right you generally pick up a side project myself included just to scratch a personal itch so you know that's what it starts off as it could be just on, on, you know i want to explore something i want to learn something i want to make something what i have found though over time especially if something gains traction and i'm struggling to do it myself i will ask others to help um people that i generally think would be interested in doing it as well i'm not going to go out there onto twitter and go anyone want to do this with me that's just destined to fail what i have done for example with the house for nest podcast um i started doing that in 2005 all on my own and I joined forces with a local radio DJ and he was like, yeah, totally in for this. And he, he joined in some voiceovers for me. Um, that lasted about a year or so. It wasn't that long. And then as I, was, as I was losing energy, let's be honest, I had a little one and I was struggling to find the time. I then got two more DJs in to join me. So between three of us, we could keep this thing going. And that's why I wanted to do it. I didn't want it to stop. So I, I have found like with the House of Nest, for example, collaboration has been key i always take the piss out of the vanilla ice quote you know stop collaborate and listen lovely 90s reference for those that get it <laughs> so that's one of the classic examples again a lot of the projects i do are very community-based um i've realized you know like the on the side we talk about over and over again because obviously it's a takeover but it it's that started off as a community project anyway it was a few people on twitter thought we should create a you know a safe space where we can talk about our side projects and that's where it came from and then it's grown and you know, like we are regulars there now and familiar faces so it's great that it's not just on me to make sure it happens another one was the derby county twitter thing i did back in 2008 i think it was i managed to grab the derby county twitter handle before it got popular and then we just started doing commentary i didn't do it but i got other people involved and people actually knew the the team and that the, they were you know, really passionate about it so now we've got a group of about seven or eight of us that every match day one of them are going to do commentary i'm just there as a tech advisor now i love it i don't have to do anything or i'm not even taking credit for anything anymore i'm not even in the credits but it's nice to know that it's still going it's thirteen thousand followers that you know follow along every match day and engage so answer to the original question generally i collab but i think many like especially techie projects i pick up will be solo to start with and if i need help i might reach out and get some other people as well a lot of rambling, but I think my angle is definitely collaboration rather than solo. How about you, Sam? Uh, I think predominantly 
solo for me. Um, I've got a few reasons for that. I guess one of the main reasons for for is is working on comics. You can you can work with lots of different people if you want. You can break it down to you know writers, pencilers, colorists, inkers, all that kind of stuff. But that is just a logistical challenge in itself. Finding people that you connect with, that you want to work with, that you want to work on a project together with. Um, I have chatted with you know creators in the past where someone sent me a script and the script just didn't really kind of say anything to me so you know I didn't really connect with it on any any particular level so and I think also part of it is you know you, you spend all day at work working with other people uh and unless you're at the very top you're you're taking orders from the top essentially you know we're working on this project this week or whatever so I guess it's just quite nice to just to have something that's just mine, that's mm-hmm. you know, that is just for me to work on. I don't have to answer to anybody. I can work on it when I like. I can work on it for however I like, and the the end result is it's there when I say it's there. You know, if I'm not happy with the with a, a comic page that I'm working on, I'll keep working on it and working on it until I'm happy with it. Um, and I suppose there's there's an element of the end goal when I eventually do achieve my goal of publishing this as a book. It's something I can point to and say, I've done that, you know, aside from perhaps a bit of promotion where I might try and rope some friends in on Twitter and things and, you know, the printers involved, I'll be able to say, you know, I've done all of that just from start to finish and I can can trace the line from initial concept through to the completion. And that's not something that I can say very often about my day-to-day work. It's always, you know, it's always as part of a, a bigger, a bigger machine. That final point is quite interesting, though, because I think a lot of people take great pride in what they do sometimes and don't necessarily get all the credit that they might deserve. You know, some people might jump on a little project just to get some credit. You know, wrong reason. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But when you come up with that idea and then see it through to fruition, you, that satisfaction is so much more than sharing it sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, d- I don't think it's necessarily about sort of receiving credit, as I don't think, at least. It's it's more just, like you say, like a bit of self-gratification that you know you've done that. And then with your print work, which is, you know, predominantly it's going to be very print-based anyway, you've actually got a real-life thing you can hold and go, I made it. Look, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I, I won't get that with any of the text if I make. I mean, with audio and podcasts, it's, it's digital. It's a little bit different, but it's still not the same as looking like a painting or a print paste. You know, anything actually handmade must be really satisfying to hold. Yeah, for sure. It's one of the reasons why I've I've put off moving to digital artwork as well for a long mm. time. I've I've only just started working on it in the last few months, and it's. It's enjoyable and it's a lot faster and I can definitely see the benefits of working digitally. But the one thing I am missing at the minute is I don't have that tangible kind of feel. I don't have that paper, like I don't have the ink on my fingers. And and I guess at the end result, you don't have the you don't have the finished page either. So the, the book that I'm working on now, I've got original artwork that I can sort of look at selling at some point or put bundling in as part of the Kickstarter or whatever. With whereas with digital you don't have that, which is a bit of a it's a bit of a shame I suppose, but you know, that's a different thing altogether. It's a different topic. Mike, when I was talking, we were talking about you know with 
with inking, for example, you, it's very difficult to collaborate. You, you, you've got to work out a very specific process to make that work. But in tech, we're, we're generally enabled to use open source to do, anyone can collaborate on a piece of work to, generally. Do you see that as an enabler though, when you're doing a side project or more as a blocker to actually get more things done? It de- I mean, it depends on the scale of the, of the side project uh to be honest because i can imagine like if it's a little if it's a little side project that only involves a, a sort of few files or a few a few pages then you're going to tread on each other's toes and probably collaboration in the early sense certainly in sort of getting it built getting a prototype built probably isn't um the most sort of productive but obviously it's it's one of those things that you might learn something else you might learn about the processes you might realize that actually two people can work on the same file if you've got your git techniques nailed but um yeah if it's a slightly bigger bigger side project and you can compartmentalize different aspects of it um Mm. and i think as long as certainly in the in tech as long as you're like conventions are all the same and your sort of methodologies and stuff align then you're not going to get conflicting uh code being sort of merged in and and overwritten with each other because you know you could spend ages if one of you prefers tabs or spaces that's the sort of Ooh. the biggest the biggest debate in it but like <laughs> as long as you're 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 uh both using the same stuff like that then it it could probably slot in quite nicely uh especially if you if it's if it's something like an api you can take an endpoint each and and work on that and um as long as i think as long as you have a primary person who can make those decisions like make the the final decision as it were um without the other person being too offended then i think uh yeah i think it could work interesting yeah i mean i'm going back old school when i was at devin and i was doing some side projects with brian suda on the calendar stuff that we talked about last week mm. um generally he was he really easy to work with he just complied with everything that i sort of suggested or made recommendations that made sense it wasn't very difficult but i think when you've got quite a lot of chefs in the pot that's probably going to be more of a recipe for disaster than you know just getting something fun that you're making on the side literally not a business model not a big product just something that you want to enjoy mm. interesting though um so yeah on the original topic of silo slash side uh, collaboration seems like solo is the waiting at the moment for us I think the other the other thing one one sort of uh, point I forgot to mention was then um, reliance on other people. There's not there's none of that. Like um, I get really uh, if I've got sort of a side project idea, I get really like uh, excited about it and just want to do everything here and now, right now. And if I was relying on someone, I think it would really frustrate me because it would be like, it's been half an hour. Why haven't you pushed that code yet? Or, you know, why haven't you emailed me back? Um, which is, which it kind of leads into, into my role actually. in the fact that since being promoted, it's something that I've really had to watch myself because if, if there's something like internal or something that I get excited about, I, 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 in theory, have the power to make the whole development team work on it, um, which is, which everyone else would get really mad about. So um, I really have to bite my tongue and sort of log a ticket and just wait for the time to be scheduled in and stuff like that. And it's, um, but I suppose having the side project gives me the freedom to, to just like hash out exactly what I want to work on and and not have to re- wait for anyone else to do their bit, which again sort of is another plus for for doing it solo true true i think the nature of my role as well is is that i generally manage and lead people and teams to get things done rather than doing Mm. it myself so i've managed to use that as my skill 
in my side projects now to kind of go, right then, who wants to do this? Or should I even ask you? Shall I get on with it first? Shall I lead rather than... It's all those metaphors that we talk about and the theories mm. and stuff like that. I think one of the one of the things that's also been a, a, a benefit of working solo for me as well, particularly on this on this comic book, because it's the first thing that I've, I've really worked on, is it's forcing me to learn the process as well. So, you know, I, I could I could sort of put a tweet out or or go find someone to maybe colour the the book for me. Obviously, that might incur a cost, so that's a downside. But because I want to do it myself, uh, I've I've been forced to go and research the various steps. How people, how other people go about doing it, and and I picked up loads of stuff just by doing it myself. So that, you know, in, on a future project, I might. I've, I've got to be honest. The coloring phase, I've not particularly enjoyed the whole lot, purely because it's it's very hard to do to get it right. Um, so on a future project, I might I might start looking for for people to bring in. But at least then I've got an understanding of what I'd be asking them to undertake, and and mm. I've got a better better understanding of. Uh, you know how long things might take and all that kind of stuff. So th- there is a, there is benefit, you know, to working solo sometimes. I think we covered that topic pretty well now. Uh, I'm mindful of time. So? Might want to move on to the next one. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, I think you want to take the next one, won't you? Yes. Yeah, so the next one. Well, it's I, I kind of feel like a bit like a fraud. The next one was actually <laughs> asked on Twitter by I believe a previous Make Life Work guest. He was, yes. Great. Yeah. Uh, Luke Murphy. Uh, friend of the show, as they say. Friend of the show. Sorry. <laughs> Is he a friend, though? Mm. Yeah, um, kind and he he sort of his question is posed to to Sam. Uh, so I'm going to go to Sam first, but it could, you know, it's, it can be uh, interpreted by us, the other two as well. So he says, obvious one, but how do you maintain focus and interest on your side projects? You've been working on that comic for so long by now, I would have totally found something shiny to distract myself. So Sam, <laughs> <laughs> how do you maintain focus and uh, you know stay interested? It's very, very difficult. I think if you've been following me on Instagram for the last few months, you will know you'll notice that I'm I'm starting to stray into the little little areas that aren't involved with this particular comic. I suppose if if I go back a year to when I signed with a publisher, um I was working then with an editor who was giving feedback and things like that. And and I think we talked about it in the first episode of The Takeover, um, this idea of being accountable to, to other people. That that really helped last year because I knew that um, my editor was waiting for scripts to be submitted so that he could review them. And we had a schedule to hit as well. We had a pretty tight schedule planned. So I was always in, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I need to start working on this to get that done and all that kind of stuff. It's got a little bit harder since the publisher sadly closed down because then that reverts back to just being on my shoulders to motivate myself to get it done. Tick Tick has been a really good help. Um, I think I mentioned that on a previous episode where I've got a daily habit which just says work on comics. So that's just something there on my phone that I get pinged or I have little notifications that if I've not done it, I just know that I need, you know, I do need to get that finished. I need to do something on that. And I think sheer stubbornness as well. I've, I'm, I'm so close to the end now that I'm like, I've got to get this finished. Because if I, if I just suddenly stop and go, I'm going to work on something else, I'll kick myself in future, knowing that I'm, I'm 70% of the way there, maybe 80% of the way there now. So I've, I've just got to keep going. Even though I'm not enjoying these last, last few pages, I'm sort of really 
struggling to find motivation to be quite honest to get them done i'm, I'm really not enjoying it but I'm, I'm i'm really just digging deep to get it finished so is it the fact that you've got an end goal and you can actually see it now is that what's motivating you the most yes for definite because to be to be honest i, I think everyone's everyone feels this when you work on a project that's been going on for so long you do get sick of looking at it and you do get bored and and i do keep flicking through the pages and go i, I don't want to tackle that one today and i keep putting stuff off um, just because I'm so used to seeing it all now, and it's all a bit, it's all a bit sort of can't see the forest for the trees now. Mm. Um, so, like I said, there have been there have been days where I've been sort of toying with. Oh, I'll I'll just ink up a I'll I'll do a test a, you know a test with inverted commas, um, a page for the for the issue two just to test out my new drawing tablet, and then that took up three four days of me just tinkering with it. So. <laughs> I've, I've had to be conscious of it and pull myself back out of that and go, right, get on with this now. How about you guys? What do you guys feel, feel that on long, on long projects? Yeah. Um, yeah. With my side projects, I, I kind of, um, in a similar kind of getting milestones with your editors and stuff, I, I set mini milestones in my head. Um, and that's sort of how I keep the excitement going. And it's almost, you know, I sort of mentioned before that I sometimes get to a point where I'm just like, don't want to look at my computer, go play PlayStation. Um, and it's hitting those milestones. It's almost like when I get there, I'm then like, have I got the motivation to get to the next milestone? Yes, let's crack on for the next week or so. No, right, let's take a break on the PlayStation for a bit. And um, they're sort of very much like, uh, so I, you know, I have an, have an idea um, and just very quickly, I get a proof of concept up. Um, and that's like the first milestone stop. And I almost forced myself to stop there and just start using it. So with the with the RSS app, I made this horrifically awful prototype, but it sat on my phone for a few days. And I was like, actually, I'm going to it quite a lot. This, this is something that I want to work on. Um, and then it means that, so my next milestone was then to get like the data collation really like nailed. So I could, so I spent a couple of weeks just focused completely like on database structure, uh, which sounds like really boring, but it kept me like, I, I was like, don't, don't care about the front end. Don't get distracted. Just purely focus on database structure. And then it was like, yeah, that's good. And then API endpoints and stuff like that. And it's just, it's, uh, I kind of see it as this like, cone this this sort of spiral so it's sort of uh you start and then one sort of revolution is very quick the first revolution is very quick just to see if i a if it's got legs and b if um it's something that i'm excited about so it means that the next like milestone is a little bit harder a little bit further away so it takes me a little bit longer and then it's sort of but it means that i've got like a, a milestone before i can get up to that next step um, and so like right now I'm, I'm at the top of my cone as it were. Um, but putting it, putting the blog post out and, and getting Cy and a couple of other people signed up and sending me things has almost kickstarted that next level of, of milestones. Cause it's just like right now there's another level of motivation because people are actually looking at this. And so if there's a bug, it can't like, if there's a bug, if I notice a bug, uh, it can wait for weeks because I'm just, I can overlook it. <laughs> like an image that was missing and some overlapping text has been there pretty much since day one, Si, that bug that you noticed, but you noticing it and telling me about it forced me to fix it within a day kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think the motivation for me is, um, though, just those, those milestones. Um, and sometimes I get halfway up the cone and I'm like, it's usable. I don't want anyone else to use it. I'm happy with the bugs. Let's stop there and move on. 
Um, so right now I'm I'm battling with do I carry on working on the RSS stuff? Do I leave that alone and start a new kind of side project now, or do I just have some downtime watching TV and playing PlayStation when I get my sort of side project time? So that's my current internal battle. Mm, nice. I like I like the idea of milestones. Yeah, it's it's not it's nothing that i actually write down i don't you know have it fixed anywhere it's just in my mind it's like oh yeah i'll work on that tonight because i want to get to x and it's you know some sometimes i forget sometimes i spend an evening completely on something else and then i feel a little bit guilty because it's like oh i didn't get towards that milestone but yeah i think i think i need to do i think i need to sort of throw down the gauntlet and, and at some point just put a tweet out or something just saying right in in april this book is going to be ready to buy or something like that. That's it. You've just, done it. That's your yeah. gauntlet. April. You've done it now. Oh, Christ. Yeah, <laughs> it's audio Whoops. as well. <laughs> the milestone thing works, I find. It, I mean, you know, in GitHub, I think you know, you've got project management stuff in there. You can actually um, set these milestones and, you know, work items that are related to that as well. I'm, I'm going to be very delivery manager now. I'm like, right, if you've got a big thing to do, how are you going to break it down into manageable pieces? And is that even feasible in that timeline? Now you know the scale of what you're going to do. I think, Sam, you mentioned recently you've you've got that plan down now where there's about 25 or so items that you identified. 20 now. See, so you've made progress with five out yeah. of 25. That's, that's 25% progress, mate, in, in that time, right? So you can see yeah. what you can do in that window and then you can go well actually based on that cadence it's going to take me until that point give yourself a bit of buffer boom that's my milestone that's the, that's my very high level you know version of good, good agile delivery but what i've found like you, you asked me that I've, i'm being very similar I, I need to set myself a milestone so for example with this podcast when i started doing it i was like well i don't know how much energy and time i'm going to have to do this so i want to give myself like a five episode season to see how that goes and then take a break and then come back to it and maybe do another five. And then now we're into season five of doing five episode seasons, which is great because it, it proves that it's a sustainable rhythm I can get into. Now there's you two involved, we might be able to go a bit longer rather than it just being on me. But I think doing it in like manageable chunks is probably the, the way to keep focus and make it feel achievable. So I think, like you say, yeah. if you've got a, a, an idea of a massive project or even like your RSS, RSS app, Mike, you know, it's it's a nice, simple UX. It's a very simple um, user requirement, but there's always going to be new stuff you want to add. You know, you mentioned like password resets or whatever. I was thinking more like, how do I mark this item that I like? Or, you know, how do I bookmark them or something? You know, something like that. And how do I remember where I got to? These little things that you said in Google Reader, but I don't think these are on your... Um, milestone list yet but they might come up as more important people play with it as well yeah so yeah i think the original question about how do you maintain that focus is making it achievable rather yeah. than ridiculous and overwhelming and i'm out i don't care anymore because this is fun well, not, yes. not fun anymore <laughs> yeah ultimately i mean ultimately side projects are for fun and if you're not having fun you're not going to do it are you so um, having this huge overbearing project is not fun but having like oh let's go play with database tables is I mean, in my world, fun. In my day, it was as well. I, I totally <laughs> <to> see it. <laughs> I was listening to a conversation at work the other day. They were getting to the deep of the sequel of some queries. I went, ooh, now you're taking me back. I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find it's an outer join, not an inner join, but never mind. <laughs> we're very techy now. <laughs> Have we covered that topic well enough? Do you think that's how we're getting on with it? I, th- I, th- I think so. I think Luke would be pretty pleased with those responses. 
Yeah. If not, ask another question, Luke, and we'll uh, we'll get back to you. <laughs> There you go. Call to action. More questions, Luke. You, you've got a good one there. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Not today. No, no, no. not really. Plenty of nuggets of information there. We're going to uh, whack them in the show notes, obviously, and get that out with the podcast when it comes out. We've not had many charity donations yet, I've noticed. Um, I am playing with the idea of a month-long fundraiser, though, for next month. So I might drop that in. Um, nice. My wife has suggested I do something for the Endometriosis UK charity, uh, and they're doing a one in 10, they're calling it. And I'm trying to work out what that one in 10 should be, uh, whether it's running, fitness, something completely different. But that might be my goal for March. Okay. Wow. Look forward to hearing about it. I'll, when <laughs> I know what it is, I will tell you what it is. <laughs> I, it, was, it was something that was thrown at me last night. Let's talk this one out. I'm, I'm trying to think of, of somewhere that I could possibly join in with that, but I'm not sure I could devote any time to it at the moment. Maybe after this book's finished, I can, I'll can i do my own, I'll do my own sort of charity drive. You heard nice. it first. Yeah, that's on the record now as well. <laughs> Next side project. Indeed. <laughs> well, if that's it, we'll wrap it up and we will join forces again next week with any further questions. Um, anyone that's listening, thank you. We'd love to hear from you and get your thoughts on everything. We are available on all the socials at Make Life Work Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can email us hello at makelifeworkpodcast.com. Uh, all the show notes and archives are available on makelifeworkpodcast.com. We've got the On The Side Slack community that we keep talking about. You're welcome to join us. Go to ontheside.network and that should take you straight in. And if you are in the podcast apps, please give us a little like or a star or a review, even if it's a bad one, but at least we know what we're doing wrong. Give us the feedback in the Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other podcast apps you are using. That's everything from me. See you later. See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>